Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, Paul says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection or maturity, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, Paul says. I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Jesus was giving these examples of people who wanted to follow him, and they kept coming up with all these excuses. And so he says this in Luke 9, 62. Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. I'm looking at Hebrews chapter 11 like never before with a full understanding of why the author is writing these examples uh, uh, to a discouraged people. He's, he's, He's giving them these examples of people who did things by faith because this is the faith chapter and this is why i love doing these podcasts because they cause me to study the word of god they cause me to focus on god's word and what the author is trying to say to his audience and it's interesting that the verses that i just shared from paul and from jesus they all they both say don't look back yet here the author of hebrews is encouraging his readers to look back he's telling them he just told him in the last chapter or two to to look back, go back, remember when you first came to Jesus. Why? Because they're discouraged. They're leaving Jesus. They're going back into Judaism. And he's saying, hey, take a look back. Remember how it was when you first came to Jesus, how excited you were and how you were full of boldness and you were full of confidence, which is something that they're now lacking. And this is the context of Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter that we call the faith chapter, because over and over and over again, he gives them examples of people who did things by faith. And he, the, the author is pulling these examples, all of them, out of the Old Testament because his readers are Jewish Christians. And they're going to be very familiar with the people that he uses for examples that were looking for the promise and they acted in faith and not only did they act in faith but they endured even when they come against hard times and they didn't give up he is trying to build confidence in them and encourage them to stay with jesus to endure the hardships that they are facing because of persecution and not to go back into judaism which is now obsolete and some of them have already made that decision, we, we learned in the last chapter. And he's trying to do damage control and, and, and to get these people to understand that they have to, like Paul just mentioned, to cross that finish line, to run the race and finish the race. 
And, 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 and Paul and Jesus is saying, don't look back. But the Hebrew author is saying, hey, look back. Look back to when you first begin to follow Jesus and the joy and the, and the confidence that you had. Because you have lost that confidence. And, and you need to remember how it was when you first come to Jesus. And so what I want to do is uh, I want to go back and read the last few verses from chapter 10. And we're going to go right in to chapter 11 and read the first two verses. But the author says at the end of chapter 10, uh, around verse 35, he says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. And then in in chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, he continues with this idea of faith. He says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things that we cannot see. Through their faith, the the people in days of old earned a good reputation. I want to stop there. uh, And I want to talk about what, what he's talking about here, about faith. And then in the next podcast, we can get into uh, more of Hebrews chapter 11 and some of the examples that he gives about faith. But but what is he talking about here? Well, I've already mentioned that he's he's talking to a bunch of discouraged people who are leaving Jesus and going back into Judaism. And so what he is trying to do is to discourage them and, and, and try to get them to refocus on Jesus. He's trying to discourage them to not go back into Judaism and refocus on Jesus. Because this Judaism, this religion, it, it's, it's null and void. There's a new covenant. It's obsolete. right? Jesus has come the, and, and, and he's established a new covenant by his own blood. God's son, God in the flesh, has established this new covenant by his own blood blood by offering his own body as a sacrifice and so he's discouraged them to go from going back into judaism and to stay with jesus why because this new covenant is better this new covenant is made on better promises this new covenant has a better high priest it has a sinless a a a, a, a sinless high priest because he talked about how the high priest had to make sacrifices for themselves on a daily basis. And then they could go in and make sacrifices on behalf of the people. But Jesus made a once and for all sacrifice because he was sinless. He never sinned not one time. And so he was a great high priest. He was a better high priest that made that once and for all sacrifice. And now Jesus, our great high priest, he says... Over and over again, I think he said it at least four or five times throughout this this letter in the first ten chapters, that Jesus, our great high priest, is now sitting at God's right hand in the place of honor and power and authority. And he's making intercession for us who have been washed in his blood, who have made him our Lord and Savior. But this new covenant is better than the old covenant. Um, then he he gets into 
the tabernacle. And he, he begins to describe the tabernacle to the people. And he talks about how the tabernacle is something that was a representation as to what's going on in heaven here on earth. Everything about the, the, the tabernacle pointed to Jesus. You had the sacrifices that were made. You had the brazen labor uh, that they would wash in. Then you go into the holy place and there's the table of showbread uh, represents the body of Jesus. You have the burning of incense, which is the prayers or the intercession that Jesus makes for us. Then you have the candles uh, that were lit, that that light that lit up the room. And Jesus is, John 8, 12, the light of the world. So everything, and then you go into the, the, there's the veil, and then you go into the holiest of holies, into God's presence. Everything about the tabernacle, even the, the, the gate that surrounded the tabernacle, you go and study all that. And people do a good job of breaking this down. You can Google it. But everything about the tabernacle was a representation of Jesus and what was going on in heaven. But it all pointed to Jesus. Even the sacrifices that were offered, they pointed to Jesus because Jesus was offered as a lamb. As Isaiah says, it was led to the slaughter. Isaiah said that he was beaten so bad the the king james version says his visage was so marred we wouldn't even recognize jesus he was offered as a lamb led to the slaughter and since the 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 author of hebrews his his readers have never been to heaven right because they're all still alive so he's going to give them this visual that they can understand because they they're being persecuted over some uh, someone uh, this God that they have never seen or met personally. Jesus has died and gone and ascended back to the Father when this book is written. These people have never met Jesus. They have never seen Jesus physically. They, they couldn't reach out and touch him like I'm holding this glass and taking a drink of that delicious chocolate milk. They, they've never seen Jesus. They never met Jesus. They They heard about Jesus, they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior by faith, and they were walking with Jesus, but when persecution came, and the beatings came, and the jail time came, and they were losing everything that they owned, and their families are being threatened, well, hey, this Judaism sounds really good. We were serving God into that. We can just go back into Judaism where it's safe, and and, and the Hebrew author is saying, look, if you go back into that, you're in danger. Because there remains no more sacrifice for your sins. If you walk away from Jesus, there is no way that your uh, sins can be forgiven. It don't matter how many animals you sacrifice. It don't matter how many times you go to a a priest and he makes a sacrifice on your behalf. It's not going to cleanse you from your sins. Jesus is the only way. So think back. Remember back to when you first came to Jesus and how excited you were and how full of boldness you were and how confident you were in serving Jesus and serving others in the name of Jesus. And so he's trying to, to remind them to focus on this new covenant to focus on Jesus, that he's established this new covenant by his own blood, that he sacrificed himself. He laid down his life for them, and they need to go back and remember. And so he describes, even though God is not tangible, even though Jesus is no longer tangible, 
uh, he will be when we get to heaven, but he's not on earth anymore, and he's not appearing to these people. And so he's, he goes back to something that they would be used to, and that's the tabernacle, the temple. And, and he, he explains to them, this is what's going on in heaven, but it's here on earth so that you can see it, so you can touch it, so you can understand what's going on in heaven. And, and so he says to them, he says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence. Faith. Faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. So what I want to do for a few minutes is just break down what faith is. Now, he, he's already told them about this great hope, and we've covered that in previous podcasts. If you had not had a chance to listen, please go back and listen to the first 10 chapters of Hebrews. But he's already told them about this great hope uh, that we have and that this hope is a promise from God who cannot lie, he says, to be with him in heaven for eternity. You know, this hope that he's talking about, it, it, it's not like uh, uh, a hope that we think about hope. Well, you know, an example I thought about using was, uh, you know, I always wanted a Corvette. I would love to have a Corvette. Now, I could sit here tonight and say, as I'm recording this podcast, and say, well, I hope I have a Corvette in my driveway tomorrow. Well, you know what? That's not going to happen unless I go to the car lot tomorrow and borrow about thirty or $40,000 or more and purchase a Corvette and drive it home and park it in my driveway. I can hope all I want to, but it's not going to happen unless I make it happen uh, because Corvettes are expensive. But see, here's the thing. It's not going to happen because I'm not going to a car lot tomorrow and and, and buying a Corvette. Uh, I wanted one, but when I saw the, the payments on those suckers, and how long those payments were going to be for, I decided I'd just look at somebody else's and let them make the payments, and I'll just enjoy the beauty of their car while they're making those car payments. I didn't want one that bad. And so this hope, this great hope that we have of being in heaven with Jesus someday, he's saying this is a reality. It, 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 it's not that I, I hope I get to go to heaven someday. No. We have a no-so salvation, not a hope-so salvation. That's what John tells us. Um, these things I have, I have written that you may know that you are saved. Not that you hope that you are saved, but that you know you are saved. And that's what he's saying. Faith is not something you know. Uh, that I saw um, a church sign one time. It says something about a wish. And I, I, I contacted the church, many, and I found out many other people contacted the church. It's talking about a wish and, 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 and how faith and prayer is like a wish. And, hoping it, and I'm like, no, man, that, that's nothing like faith. Faith is a reality. And, that, and that's what he is trying to get these people to understand, and for us even today. Because we, you know, Jesus ain't popping up in your room. God's not showing up. The angel's not showing up. People today, they're looking for miracles and they're looking for Jesus. They're looking for angels. They're looking for the Holy Spirit to do all these miraculous things. And hey, if God wants to do that, hey, that's great. He can do whatever he wants to because he's God. But 
I'm about 99.999% sure it ain't happening. Not until Jesus comes back will we see him just as he is. And so Jesus, even 2,000 years later from when this was written, Jesus ain't tangible. We can't reach out and touch Jesus. We can have conversations with him all day long and all night long. and We can go straight to the throne room of God through prayer. But that doesn't mean I can see God. It doesn't mean I can see Jesus. It just means I have access to his throne and he's going to help me in my time of need. That's what the Hebrew author promises. So this hope then, this faith is a reality of what we hope for, which is heaven. And heaven is a reality. It's real. It's a real place. It exists. God exists. His promises exist. They're yes and amen. And one day we will literally stand before God. We will see this glorious place called heaven that we've heard about ever since we were a child. And we will see with our eyes his majestic throne. And here's the best part of it all. We're going to see Jesus. We're going to be able to shake the hand, that nail-pierced hand of our Savior. We're going to be able to bow at His feet and worship at His feet, those feet that were pierced by those nails and driven into the cross on our behalf. We're going to see that someday. Faith is a reality of what we hope for, which is heaven. Faith is the evidence of things that we cannot see. What, what does a jury need to convict a criminal? They need evidence. They're, they're not going to just listen to hearsay. They need evidence. And it's the same thing uh, with God. Uh, I think it's Lee Strobel that wrote the, the, is it the case for Christ, the cause for Christ. You can Google that, check it out. There's all kinds of of material out there that that you can read that gives the arguments of God for God and and, and all this stuff Christian evidences it's very interesting to study but even though we cannot see God I mean I'm holding this I know this glass is yellow and it has chocolate milk and I'm going to take the last drink now the chocolate milk I can see that this cup is empty I can see it's yellow I can see it's got little waves in the glass. This is tangible. I can't see God like I can see that glass. But I know God is there. I know that He hears me. I know that He He hears my prayers. I know that He loves me. I know that He cares for me. I know that He exists, even though I cannot see Him. Even though He is not tangible like my cup of milk is tangible. But that it does not mean that he does not exist. Why do I say that? Because there's so much evidence all around us. When I get up in the mornings to go to work, it, 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 I have to get up so early. And, and when people's porch lights are off in the neighborhood, it's so dark outside. And since I live in the mountains, I'm at a higher elevation. 
and and, and the, that black canvas and and the stars just lit up at night and and you can see a shooting star go across the sky and and the the moon is just bright it, it's it's a beautiful sight and genesis 1 tells us that God made that just by speaking a word. That's how big, that's how powerful he is. But there's the creation, all these mountains that we live in, these streams, the things that are living in the mountains and the things that are living in the streams, there's so much evidence all around us to prove that God exists. And when he comes to live inside of us, look at how people's lives change. That should be proof enough that he exists and here are these people they're losing everything they have they're being beaten they're being put in jail because they're living for jesus well you know here's the thing you think back to stephen when stephen was stoned martyred paul or at the time he was saw he's going from house to house and he's wreaking havoc in the church and he's pulling men and women out of their homes busting up families and carrying them to prison where some of them are being tortured and murdered the uh over the years, uh, uh, disciples are being sawed in half. They're being beheaded. James in uh, uh, Acts chapter 12, I believe it is, where James the apostle is beheaded. These people are dying for their faith. Why would they die for somebody that don't exist? Nobody would do that. But they saw Jesus. They spent time with Jesus. Three and a half years, those disciples spent every day with Jesus. And they saw him go back into heaven. And they were filled with God's Holy Spirit. And over time, they, they kept passing on the Spirit until the apostles were gone. And it was just so real to them because they had seen Jesus. They had spent time with Jesus. But at some point in time, there, there come a point in time where people didn't see Jesus. And so how would they know that he is real? How would they know that he exists? And, it, and it's the same situation that we find ourselves in in the year 2022. I mean, you hear people talk about this, how they count time by one man, Jesus. Why would they do that if he didn't exist? People are not going to give their lives for somebody that did not exist. And yet people did why because god exists his son exists the holy spirit exists and they will live in us if we give them permission to if we make them our lord if we make jesus our lord and savior he will dwell inside of us through the power of the holy spirit faith is a reality a reality of what we hope for which is heaven and being with God for eternity in heaven. Faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. We can't see heaven. We can't see God. We can't see Jesus. We can't see the Holy Spirit. But by faith, we know it is real. We know they exist. And so the Hebrew author says, through their faith, talking about the people he's going to give examples of in the rest of the chapter, through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation and so he's going to give a ton of examples of of, of of these people who were mainly jews because he's talking to a jewish audience who walked by faith 
who put their trust and in, in, in this great hope that we have in this promise from God in this reality of going to heaven and being with God for eternity and seeing our Savior Jesus and being with the Holy Spirit for eternity. People who, in the Old Testament, who wouldn't get to see it in their lifetime, and yet when they took their last breath, they saw it all. They had a promise from God, and they were walking with God on that promise because of that hope that they had. They endured a bunch of crap, but they never quit and they never gave up because of that hope, because of that promise, because they were longing to be with God. And they continued to walk by faith. Even when things were very hard and difficult, they didn't turn away. They kept going. They endured. And they continued to follow God. Why? Because of the promise. And that's what he's, that's what he's trying to get them to understand. That's why he shares all of these examples in Hebrews chapter 11. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, these people, these great people of faith, they're not so great people. These people were very flawed. And just one of them off the top of my head, Rahab is a prostitute. She is a harlot and a liar because she uh, hid the spies and then she lied to her own people. And yet God used her. And if you go back and read the lineage of Jesus, Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus. She is mentioned in the lineage of of Jesus but she had a promise she had a hope and that's what she was clinging to she knew that Jericho was about to be wiped off the face of the earth that God was going to take care of his people and here they come and she understood and she said take care of me and my family and they did and God came through and God used a prostitute in the lineage of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's awesome to think about. Why is that? Because they had a promise. And so he's going to use these examples to get these people to, to, to consider Jesus and to not give up. Because they're at the point of giving up. Some of them have already given up in their walk. And they're turning back to Judaism. And he's trying to say, hey, you need to... Remember back when you first started serving Jesus and what it was like. And you need to keep on walking with Jesus until you cross that finish line. You need to continue to run the race no matter how bad things get. Don't give up on Jesus. Why? Because of the promise. He's actually going to tell them in uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6. He says it's impossible, impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Seek is a continuing action. Seeking him, seeking him, seeking him. It's impossible to please God without faith. So here's how I want to um, end the podcast today. I just want to tell you this. If you don't believe in God, it's because you choose not to believe in Him.
It's your choice. There's way, way too much evidence. And you can Google it. Google Christian evidences and read what the Christian evidence is, uh, is about. And it, it's very, very interesting. The arguments for God, the teleological argument, the cosmo, cosmological argument, and I forget the, the other one. But it's very interesting stuff. But there's way too much evidence out there to not believe that God exists. If you just go back in history, history backs up the fact that Jesus came. If you look at other religions, other religions back up the claim that Jesus came. If you look at the evidence that archaeologists have dug up over the past 2,000 years, or even further than that, they prove that the Bible is true over and over and over again. There's been multiple people who have gone on a mission to disprove the Bible. And when they start digging in uh, to the past and the stuff that archaeologists have dug up, and they'll even go find something themselves and dig it up, and they always come to the knowledge that this guy is for real, God is for real, and I need to give my life to Jesus. Why? Because the evidence demands a verdict. And I think that's a book written by somebody too. Evidence that demands a verdict. Uh, Romans 1, 18-20, Paul says, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful and wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. God's made it obvious that he exists. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. So, listen to what Paul says here. You got all this this evidence that you can clearly see. Paul says, so, they have no excuse for not knowing God. I want to look up this book real quick. Evidence that demands a verdict. Yes. Evidence that demands a verdict by Josh McDowell and Sean McDowell. I, I, I knew that. Was, I knew I'd heard of that before, but I wanted to give proper credit because um, it's, it's some good reading, and I recommend it to you. But God has given you a choice to either choose Him or reject Him. That's why he put that garden or that tree in the middle of the garden and he told Adam and Eve not to eat from it. He gave them a choice. And guess what? They made the wrong choice. Don't make the wrong choice. You need to choose Jesus and not reject Jesus. But that's that's the great thing about God. He has given us a choice. But if you make the choice to reject Jesus and the sacrifice he has made on Calvary's cross for you, Because he loves you so much that he will be willing to go through so much pain and suffering and die for you. There is coming a day when you're going to see Jesus face to face. And it doesn't matter. If if you've rejected Jesus, the Bible says you're still going to stand before Jesus. You're going to fall flat on your face. and You're going to bow before him and you're going to confess that he is Lord. 
But then he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you because you rejected me. You rejected my sacrifice. You rejected my love. You rejected my compassion, my grace, my mercy. So I don't know you. I don't have a relationship with you. So you have to depart from me. And you're going to be cast into hell. And you don't have to worry about the flames because rejecting Jesus and knowing, finding out that he's real, then you're going to have to spend eternity separated from God, never to have a, another opportunity to be in his presence. That's going to be torture enough. That will literally be hell. And Jesus even said, it's where the worm dies not. You're just going to be constantly thinking, why did I reject Jesus? Here's the cool thing about it. If you are under the sound of my voice, you have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to be baptized for the remission of your sins or the forgiveness of your sins. Why not, why not make Jesus your Lord and Savior now before it's too late? You can be skeptic. You can have a lot of questions. Look, I've been studying the Bible since I was in third grade. I still have a lot of questions. There's a ton of stuff that I don't understand. That's why I study every week. Multiple times a week, I'm reading God's Word, I'm studying God's Word, and I'm praying, and I'm asking for wisdom. But there's a lot of stuff that I don't understand. There's a lot of stuff that's way too deep for my little old brain. But you know what? I still have faith. I put my trust in God because He is a reality. And there is plenty of evidence. And I choose to walk with Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that God can live inside of me and that my sins can be forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven and I'm, I'm running for that finish line. And one day soon I'm going to cross that finish line and I will see Jesus. But guess what? You will too. But I, the difference between me and you, if you've never accepted Jesus, you're going to be rejected out of heaven, never having a second opportunity. And I'm going to be in heaven for eternity with the rest of my brothers and sisters in Christ who chose to live for Jesus. Why would anybody reject such great love? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Friend, don't reject Jesus. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior today and be baptized for the remission of your sins in a watery grave. And come up out of that watery grave, a new creation in Christ Jesus and fill with His Spirit and you start walking with Him today by faith. And when we get back into chapter 11 in the next podcast, we're going to dig in to uh, these people that the Hebrew author uses to encourage these people who have accepted Jesus, and maybe that's you today. You've already accepted Jesus. You've been walking with Jesus for a long time, but you're discouraged. Life is hard, man. Life will beat the crap out of you and, 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 and not care and walk off and leave you bleeding while you're hurting. And we need Jesus. And we need to look for Him for guidance and for help and for strength, for all kinds of stuff, because He endured. God didn't spare his own son. What makes you think God's going to spare you? You're not better than Jesus. We've got to have Jesus. So don't give up on Jesus. Keep walking with Jesus. And if you're down, get up. Get up and get going. And, and, and run to Jesus. And say, look, dude, I need help. 
This is going on in my life, and I need you now more than ever. So help me with this situation and help me get through it. The Bible says it over and over again. It come to pass. It come to pass. So whatever you're going through, it's going to come to pass. Just stay with Jesus. And if it takes your life, so what? You get to go be with Jesus. As a preacher once that I said under many years ago, he says, don't threaten me with heaven. So stay with Jesus and walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for sharing this podcast. And if you need prayer, if you need help with anything, if you have questions, please reach out to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and we will answer those questions. We will steer you in the right direction. If we don't know the answer, we'll find somebody that does. If you're not local, reach out to us anyway and we'll help you find somebody in your area that will help you in your walk with Jesus, to get to know Jesus, to find a local church to be a part of. And and if you're discouraged, they will encourage. Um, If you don't know Jesus, they'll point you to Jesus and tell you how to become a Christian. Uh, But please contact me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com if I can help in any way. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to The Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.